Welcome to Two Old Bloggers, where we talk about your Minnesota Vikings. Dalvin Tomlinson and Patrick Peterson have signed, but what direction are the Vikes going in? Hey everybody, it's Dave here with Darren from the Frozen North, and we are Two Old Bloggers. Come to talk to you today about some Vikings football. How you doing, Darren? Doing really well, Dave. Hope every, how are you doing? Hope everybody else uh, out there in Vikings land is doing well today, Sunday, day before we go. Some of us go back to work. That doesn't apply to you. <laughs> no, well, actually, you this starts my work week. We do yeah. climbing the pocket does five shows a week, starting on Sunday. Then we have Monday night, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, Thursday night, and. We love having everybody here, like Viking Jerome and Mary, of course, to enjoy Vikings talk. Now, what did you want to talk about today? What's happened in this last week? Lots of stuff has happened, Dave, uh, both uh, Vikings-wise, Tyler getting in uh, in on there. Uh, I got to watch what I say about college players now. The title will be all shitting on me for my uninformed opinions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, lots of stuff that happened uh, NFL wise. Lots of stuff uh, happened with the Vikings. Maybe not as much as, as some people would like. Uh, big thing was uh, Dalvin Tomlinson. That was the, the the first big signing, and that was something that uh, uh, we wanted to talk about and get to that right away because uh, Spielness, that guy. Spielmiss was uh, Spielmiss. Rick Spielman said that, that that was their the Vikings' number one free agent target was Dalvin Tomlinson, and he lied. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he flat out lied. Now it may have been Patterson's Andre Patterson. It was reported this week that Andre Patterson, by name requested, purposely picked out Tomlinson and said, "This is the guy I want." Right, and they yeah. went and got him. He did that with uh, Linval Joseph at this point in the career, coming off that first contract, and of course he did it with Daniil Hunter. And Daniil's turned out to be so good, and so we'll see how that goes. But according to Doogie Wolfson, and plus uh, Judd Zolgad and stuff, Tomlinson was not the first guy they went after. The first guy they went after was, uh, I think it was Hendrickson, and he went to the, and they had an offer out, Drew's favorite words. He went to the Bengals. Lawson, they had an offer. He went to the Dolphins. And Shaquille Griffin, who had, they put an offer on, and he went to Philly. So, those I, guys were probably a little bit out of our price range. Well, um, and, and that was the issue. And the, the the thing about uh, I think a lot of us liked the the Tomlinson signing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Giants had a pretty good defensive line last year, actually very good defensive line. That was one of the things that uh, helped uh, their uh, get them back into the the playoff run in the NFC East, which means you win four games and you were in the <laughs> and you were you were in the division race. But yeah, with, with one of the things to like about it is a, you know, Tomlinson's young, he's 27 yep. and they didn't really, they don't even, they're not even committed to him long-term. Like this is a two-year deal. Uh, and uh, another, another thing to like about him was that uh, 
for a lot of the stuff that we've been reading about is that you know when you're, he he's, he's played three technique uh, for the the Giants for the most part, but had played knows what I was reading a bit about on the uh, about Tomlinson is that what the Vikings might have planned because there was concerns about well you got a nose tackle on Pierce and you got a nose tackle in Tomlinson and you're going to play Tomlinson at three technique and he's not quite as good there as he was as his nose tackle um, didn't some of the analytic stats that I saw put up was that uh, he's the depth when he makes tackles was was less or better when he was nose tackle as opposed to three technique. His pass rush percentage win was better as a nose tackle than a three technique, and pressure percentage was better as a nose tackle and a three technique. All of that aside, um, they there's I read that the Vikings might be or Zimmer might be looking at playing what they call the double nose for this one, something that Brandon Staley and Patrick Graham, who is the DC and with the giants last year, both did last year with quite a bit of success. Of course, Staley had the number one defense with the Rams and then got the head coaching job after that. So yeah, the whole idea with the, the, Double nose, as you you know, Dave, is that you you get you get the big uglies. You let them deal with the the run up front. If they can handle that, then you don't have to bring safeties or cornerbacks up close to the line of scrimmage to make up for it. You kind of basically let the the four uh, defensive linemen or three if you're running a three four. You let the defensive linemen and the linebackers deal with that stuff, and uh, and then that allows you to play more, have, devote more resources to coverage and handle all the deep. You can keep your safeties back more, mm-hmm. and uh, too high. So, too high. And the Vikings couldn't really do that last year, as we saw, uh, game after game after game. What I'm liking about Tomlinson is that hopefully, with him and Pierce playing a lot, they can occupy. Not only can they pressure and make tackles themselves, they'll occupy a lot of blockers, and that'll allow Baron Kendrickson, whoever the third linebacker is, to get in to shoot the gaps and not be unmolested and then take down the running backs. And unlike last year where they would have to do it three or four yards past the line of scrimmage. Now they might be able to do it right at the line of scrimmage. And that'll help us from uh, always the defense always being in like uh, second and three or second and four, like it was so often last year to like being second and seven, second and eight, second and nine. Uh, that second is and what 11, second and 12 because they push the pile back right right so that tomlinson will be a big big help on the run defense both him and pierce back and i know there's concerns about him going to three technique but when you look at tomlinson and pierce playing in the middle instead of shamar stefan and jaleel johnson that's just going to be a huge massive upgrade even if tomlinson isn't as good a three technique as a nose tackle Mm-hmm. I like the signing. I think most Viking fans do. And also with Tomlinson, I think Ted Glover was mentioning this, is that when he was on Twitter and seeing all the, the reports from Giants fans and the, the Giant beat writers were, well, the Giant fans were irate that Tomlinson didn't get re-signed. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the beat writers were like, this is a loss. So when the other team's fans and, and writers are saying, boy, this is a big blow to lose this guy, you can think that you could probably make a uh, you'd be pretty happy with the signing that your team made. Yes, and I agree. And this is the Vikings, I think, will be the fourth team to play the quote double nose. And what it allows is the two high safeties in the back. And that is what has been found to be effective against these top line offenses of late. 
Um, even the spread offenses that are uh, the wide zones that even we run, that teams with good quarterbacks like the Chiefs are so good at and so good at producing points, this defense has proved effective. And like you said, what I love is it's going to free up the linebackers. Now, on passing plays, whether one or both come out and a quicker edge-type guy comes in, we don't know. We won't know do we see. But even with them in there, what it's going to allow is we should see probably some more blitzes from Anthony Barr, which is perfect for Anthony Barr because he's not going against the tackle. He's shooting a gap with linemen that are already taken up, right, or Eric Kendricks and stuff like that. And if a runner goes up the middle, I think he's going to be running into a wall, uh, like with the Williams wall, only maybe not quite as good, and it's unfair to compare him, especially yet. Yeah. But they'll block that, and he'll have to go to the outside, and we both know Kendricks and Barr are quick enough to go laterally on the sides and eliminate that along with Hunter and Wanham or uh, Weatherly at the defensive ends. And we haven't even talked about the back end, but because of all those guys occupying in the front, like you said, it's going to free up more coverage in the back, which I think is a fantastic deal. I look forward to seeing it. The Viking Jerome was talking, just mentioning in there in the comments about how Dalvin Tomlinson was like a high risk school wrestling champ, and he brought that brought he brought that was brought up in like his intro press conference. Um, about I think his last his final wrestling match was nine seconds long. He he pinned he pinned the guy. He was yeah, wrestling in like nine seconds. It was it was like the Michael Spinks uh, and the the Mike Tyson fight was over <laughs> in a blink of an eye, which I did watch uh, live and paid like eighty bucks back in the eighties yeah. to watch it. The ninety <laughs> seconds that it lasted. But I'm off topic here. Uh, I, I just, Sports Illustrated um, and. I don't know. You can take this for what it's worth, but they had Tomlinson ranked as the number one defensive tackle available in free agency, and they're a number twenty-third ranked free agent. Uh, and their scouting report—they, I didn't know this, but they had—they have scouting reports on all of the free agent guys, mm-hmm. all and are the top one hundred. And they're talking, you know, the pros to Tomlinson was takes up a lot of space, clogs holes. Uh, rarely gets pushed out of position. I like that. They weren't as impressed with his pass rushing skills as as we've been. Uh, uh, they said he was not an overwhelming pass rusher, not quick. But uh, interesting thing, and this was in um, Tomlinson's uh, dra- one of his draft scouting reports from 2017. They mentioned his long arms that he can bat down passes, and I think he batted down three or four passes last year. I can't remember the last. I, I couldn't even tell you. I, I think Jalen Holmes batted down a pass last year, and that was about the only time I could remember. And the other thing was they uh, back in 2017, they said that Tomlinson was considered like the premier run defender in the 2017 class. When you think back to that New Orleans game with Alvin Kamara scoring nine touchdowns mm-hmm. uh, every time every time he touched the ball. Yeah, it was only six, it but it felt always, like it felt like nine. Yeah, it felt like nine, felt like every time he touched the ball, he scored. And then the, the, the Bears game where David Montgomery, not a bad back, we, we made him look like Gale Sayers. Mm-hmm. And to not have 
to hopefully have that short up. So again, we're not, the defense is not always facing uh, in a second and three, second and two, second and four situation, or, or they even get a first down because they ran 15 yards on the first play that that's going to make me very happy. It's going to make the defensive coordinators happy. It's going to make uh, fans happy. It's going to make the defensive backs and the linebackers of the Vikings happy um, not, we'll have to see what the depth is behind those two guys, Pearson Tomlinson, but big two thumbs up for that signing for me. And like Jerome said, Coach Patterson will help bring him along with the pass rush. And I think when Coach Patterson picks him, says, this is the guy I want, I think very much to expect that. Now, PFF, I know some of you guys don't like PFF grades, but it's the only individual grades that are out there. Yeah. This was Dalvin Tomlinson's career so far. Now, run defense, all 80s and 70s, and then uh, um, pass rush last year was, he ranked 74.6, which is good. So, I'm cool. His tackling rate went down, and I don't know what caused that. Yeah. His overall, I mean, the dude's mid to high, mid 70s to, you know, low 80s. That's a good defensive player, no matter what. That's a good defensive player. So, yeah, we just and we need lots of them. That yes, well, we could use as many as possible. There's never enough. Mm-hmm. Just like yeah. corners. Speaking right. of corners, that brings us to our next person, Mister Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson. Um, yeah, the uh, I was. We'd heard that the Vikings had an offer on the table. Again, Drew's favorite word, O-O-O-T-T, <laughs> um, for Mac Alexander, and uh, I liked that idea. Maybe they still have one, but they just the, the offer now is like, we'll pay you 25 cents to, to play for us this year. Um, it might be all that. But it was, uh, I don't know, it caught me off guard that, that Patterson signed with us. A one-year deal, I think ten, 10 million, million, but I think eight, but it's eight, 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 eight on the cap. I eight think. on the cap, with uh, two separate incentives, incentives likely to earns or unlikely to earns that are a million apiece. And if he earns just the playing time in the one, he'll make nine million. But yeah, you know, if he gets Pro Bowl, I think it's the ten million. But it's and and, and we'll be happy with that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I. So that caught what was a surprise to me. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't sure how uh, I'd heard that Peterson had had a falling out with the Cardinals front office and was looking to get out of there. And that did happen. I'm, I've been coming around on this signing, but I wasn't as bullish about it as a lot of other people were. And I'll explain why. And one thing I try to do is when I'm, um, in my uninformed way when I'm making these assessments of, of free agency in a fan kind of way, I, I try not to base my my decision on the free agent signing by looking at what's the name on the back of a guy's jersey. And I feel that the excitement of getting Peterson was that we're getting Patrick Peterson, the yeah, the multiple all-pro, pro-bow guy, shut down corner, uh, but we're not getting the 2013 Peterson. We're getting the 2021 Patrick Peterson. And those are two different players, I believe. The, you know, the resume is impressive. Eight Pro Bowls or whatever you feel about Pro Bowl selection. Three time, three first time All Pro uh, named to the NFL's 2010 All Decade team. 28 career interceptions, which is uh, like uh, 
um, 23 more than Xavier Rhodes has had <laughs> in his career. Uh, and he had three last year, which would have been tops among defensive backs on the Vikings, but not tops on the mm-hmm. whole team because Hitman led. Uh, but again, we're not getting the 2013 Peter practice Peterson. We're getting 2021. And again, that sports illustrated, uh, scouting report. Yeah. There, you know, uh, they talked about, uh, they described him as that he's lost a step and that they could, but they'll, they called him a competent corner who can be your number two corner for a contending team. And I, I think that, uh, here in Minnesota, and we'll look at those grades. As you can see, yeah. his grades have gone down quite considerably the past um, two. Well, in the past four years, you look. He had it was really good in 2018, and then but 2017 was kind of oh, you know, pretty not bad, and not bad in 2019. Last year went quite down quite a bit, um, mm-hmm. and that looks to me like a guy who's declined. Now, having said that, maybe you're going to flash this up on on there. Uh, those grades are still better than just other anybody other than Cameron Dantzler, who played any significant snaps last year for the Vikings. Take a look at that list of Hall of Famers, Dave. Oh, oh, that is, and considering Cameron Dantzler did the best, right? Yeah, he played the last eleven games, and it was the and it was the later games that he was improving so much. Gladney was out there for sixteen games. If you look at his scores. They're pretty sad. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hughes, yeah, get... you know, only played the four games before he got hurt. They're horrible. Uh, it's just, I think Peterson coming will provide that Terrence Newman style of coaching on the field, mentoring these young guys that they didn't have last year. One of the biggest complaints of last year was, hey, there's no veteran presence to tell these guys what to do when it came to corners. Yeah, you had Harrison Smith in the back, right? But that's not quite the same as another corner who's been good at it teaching them. And I think that's where it helps. Now, besides Peterson getting older and maybe losing his step, I do think he can have some very, very good productive years and get those grades back up. One of the issues he had with being at the Cardinals is that his favorite defensive coordinator left, became a head coach, and he didn't quite get along or see eye to eye or scheme was a little bit different in those last couple years with their new one. And that's one of the reasons that drove him, like, nah, I don't want to re-sign with the cards, I'll go elsewhere. And when I heard when the Vikings called him, he was like, oh, hell yes. <laughs> and uh, the reason I'm one of the reasons that I'm coming around, not that I wasn't happy that we signed Patterson. I, 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 he might be declining, but he's still, I think, a quality player, especially if uh, you, you use him the right way, as mm-hmm. that goes with a lot of players. But the, the, the whole thing about, by all intents, uh, what I've heard is like he's a great leader and a great teacher. And on the field, he's well known for communicating with the guys on the field in the secondary and helping them get lined up and know where they need to be. And like you said last year, you know, where were the Vikings getting that with who they had on the roster? Like, is Holton Hill going to be the guy you look to for leadership? <laughs> and now, you know, while he's going, <laughs> well, he's smoking a doobie on the sidelines, like that, that's, uh, you know, that, that leadership, that, that and you can when Patrick Peterson walks into the locker room, 
what he says is going to carry a lot of weight with guys like Gladney, who is a bit of a hothead at times. And we saw him again in the Green Bay game, uh, ignoring Zimmer's coaching. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so to have that guy who's accomplished so much in the league, who's a great leader who, and has so much street cred in the locker room, that's, that's got to help Dantzler, Harrison Hand, Jeff Gladney, uh, if Hughes, if he's back, so I really like that um, aspect. And Peterson's, I don't think he's done, but he is a declining guy. But again, so was Terrence Newman, and we loved him when he was with the Vikings. And exactly. Newman played played very well for us. So I not, and it's only one year with Peterson. Like he likely he'll only be with the Vikings the one year. Like he's right, unless he wants to stay and. Yeah, yeah we'll see, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, the one thing that, uh, sorry, Dave, one thing that uh, I did want to mention and was brought up was like, um, was to talk about, well, Peterson's a great punt returner. And uh, I recognize that. But I looked up, according to the, the stats I looked up, is that uh, he hasn't returned punts a punt since 2018, and he hasn't done it regularly since 2015. And I feel very highly unlikely that if he's going to be your, one of your starting corners, that you're going to have him returning punts, which is a very dangerous job. Uh, it, it, you know, where you're waiting yeah. there to catch the ball, and guys can just tee off on you. You're not going to use one of your top corners in that situation. So if people think that Patrick Peterson is going to be returning punts for us. Well, maybe they might do it like in like a crucial situation where they think they need a big play, but he's not going to be the punt returner. And I know, Dave, you don't want K.J. Osborne as our punt returner. I don't want K.J. Osborne as our punt returner. Your dog Merlin doesn't want K.J. No. Osborne as a punt returner, but it's probably going to be somebody other than Patrick Peterson. It might even be K.J. Osborne or Chad Beebe if he's ever healthy. It could but be a healthy Mike Hughes because he won't be, be yeah. starting. But it's not going to be Patrick Peterson. But certainly no, Patrick no, Peterson be will be playing a lot in the secondary. Uh, I don't I fully think expect he's going to start. Yeah, I he'll be a starter. Well, yeah, like he didn't come here to, right. to no, be like He's, he's going to be starting on the outside. And playing safety, like Viking Jerome and others have mentioned. I, he said he's willing, but I'll bet he starts on the outside at corner, Dantzler on the other outside. Yeah, I just we don't have enough quality depth at corner to be sticking Peterson at safety at this point in time. Um, at least not not what I'm seeing. Uh, I'd still be quite open to signing re-signing Mac Alexander if we could ever afford it, and if he'd be okay with coming back because I like that competition. You know, maybe if you got Mac Mac and Cheese and Peterson starting with maybe whoever. But I think okay, although I think Gladney. I think Dancer is the guy. He showed enough last year that he should be starting. But be sure nice to have a guy like Mac Alexander or somebody like with that bit of a who has that starting potential in there. Uh, last year we had a lot of injuries in the secondary. That could happen again. Uh, you don't want to be in a situation where you're going to Seven Eleven looking for guys to start yeah, for you who weren't, mm-hmm. yeah, who weren't even playing for you the week before. Uh, right, but now. so Peterson, Peterson, maybe not the. the Peterson signing, uh, good. Uh, um, I'm happy with it. Uh, I, I'm not like overjoyed thinking that we're getting like the shutdown guy. Now that he was five years ago. One thing I did find out is he does a podcast for CBS called All Things mm-hmm. Covered. 
And uh, they did the show before he got, I listened to the show today, before he got signed to the Vikings. His next show should be a good one because he's going to talk about uh, being on the Vikings. But he's with, I think it's Chad Warwick is his co-host. And uh, they love talking defensive backs. And one of his idols, Peterson's idols, is Deion Sanders. And I'm wondering if the connection between Dion and Mike Zimmer, when the call came, because he's talked to Dion, is, yes, that's where I want to go. But mm. for those that love listening to podcasts when there's nothing else to do, and especially it's slow, think all things covered. It's produced by CBS, but you can get, you can get it anywhere on any podcast, podcast provider. Interesting uh, that the whole the whole Sanders Patrick Peterson thing, and yeah, we do know that Sanders holds uh, Zimmer in high regard. Mm-hmm. So maybe uh, Dion did have some influence and said, "Hey, you should consider going there and and playing under Mike Zimmer. He's a great great coach for me. Mm-hmm. If one of the greatest corners of all time tells you to play for Zimmer, um, even a guy as good as Patrick Peterson's probably going to take that into consideration." Mm-hmm. So. I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to him being on the outside, uh, Gladney being in the slot. He won't have to worry about outside as, as much if he, at all this year. If he's just in the slot, he can focus on that and get better. And Dantzler on the other side. And I think that's your starting corners. And I'm happy with that. That looks pretty good to start off with. I'm, I'm happy with any situation where Chris Jones is not involved. <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't have been involved anyway because they, we're not resigning him or anything. But, well, uh, well, eh, well, well, let's get to that. Who's left on the team? Uh, oh, I didn't label these. Here oh, damn shame. All right. Here's the free agency so far. For those that want to know, I do a tracker, and here's all the people that are unrestricted free agents haven't signed anywhere. Everybody that was an unrestricted free agent or other that have signed have marked. Uh, if they've signed back with the Vikings, they're in gold with contract terms available, and it's all there. Is there any of those unrestricted free agents on that list that you want to see back, Darren? I'd like to see uh, Brett Jones back. Skull Raymond. Thanks for dropping in. Uh, and um, I w- was – so Jones, for I would like to see back because he provides you some solid veteran uh, depth at both center and guard. And uh, the and the other guy that I was interested in resigning, not because he's all old hell, but uh, he did okay for us, was uh, Todd Davis because I really don't like our line, what we have at linebacker as depth behind Kendrick's and uh, and Barr, uh, we did sign Nick Vigil uh, th- this week, and so that's something there. But uh, I, that Davis was another guy. I wouldn't say he'd be a starter, but uh, by any stretch, but he can come in there and and start for you, as we saw the, the last season, and do an okay job. Um, and what do you think of Forrest Lamp? <laughs> Viking Jerome says, yeah, we have t- talked about him, but the one thing about those are two guys of of our crew that I'd be interested in. But uh, overall, even those two guys, 
if we didn't get them back, I'm not going to cry too much over it. But the Vikings, Dave, still have a lot of work to do to add depth to the team. There's a lot of problem areas beyond the starters or even with the starters. If you look at it, you got your quarterback, you got Kirky. And then after that, it's like Jake Browning and Nate Stanley. I think right. that and is, is Browning even still on the team? Seems like he's yeah, been on the no. practice squad for a decade. Browning but, and Stanley are still under contract. They're still on the team. The only one not under contract is the free agent, Sean Mannion, which is yeah. the executive clipboard holder. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm good with him uh, being out there. But, but and Kirk Cousins, very durable, starts all the time, uh, rarely gets injured. But I feel that if we're rolling, I'm sure we won't, but if we're rolling into the new season with Cousins and then Browning and Nate Stanley as your backups, all you need to, to do, all that needs to happen is for like Kirk to throw throw a ball and hit his thumb on somebody's helmet and break his thumb, and then all of a sudden you've got Jake Browning or Nate Stanley or your starting quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that would be, if that were to be the case, I think that would be almost like a fireable offense for Spielman <laughs> to, to allow us to have a backup quarterback situation where those two guys are, are you know, all that's standing between. <laughs> you, you know, if, if that's all we've got in case Kirk goes down. Uh, wide receiver. Outside of Je- Je- Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen, we got B.C. Johnson, Chad Beebe, Osborne, and Dan Chisna, however that's pronounced. Again, not a whole lot to really write home about there. Offensive line, uh, you got your starters right now. You'd say, okay, is Rashad Hill a starter? I like it. I liked re-signing him. I thought that was a, a nice uh, an important free agent signing to make, but maybe not as you're starting left tackle or right tackle or wherever he ends up. Right. But, and then Drew Samia might be a starter depending on, excuse me, on, on, on what they're doing at guard. And then behind him, you got Brandle, Kyle Hilton, Aliudos, and Zach Bailey. I don't know who Zach Bailey is. Um, I, I like Bailey's. Else does except for I mother. like Bailey's coffee, but I don't know who <laughs> Zach Bailey is. Uh, uh, you know, a defensive, uh, a defensive end after Hunter, who's the starter. You got Weatherly. Is it going to be Weatherly? Jalen Holmes, DJ Wanham, uh, linebacker. Again, after Kendrickson Barrow, we did sign Vigil, and maybe he is the starter. But Troy Dye is he somebody you trust? Blake Lynch, Ryan Connolly, not really much to write home about there. Uh, Vigil has started in the past, um, and he's. But I think, as we were saying, I think they brought him in. You know, one year, one million. He's kind of one of those guys that you look at as a solid backup and is going to help you on special teams, and exactly. and we need that. I don't know if he's going to be Mannion scary. Mary says very scary. Mary very scary. And even safety. Okay, Luther Kirk is our starter uh, right now, opposite uh, Harrison nah, Smith. I figure Josh Metellus will be the starter, opposite. Well, Harrison he had. Smith. Drew is like a Minnesota, Michigan Wolverine homer, and even he doesn't want to see Metella starting for us next year. Yeah, but I don't <laughs> even remember watching Kirk or Dorn play because they would have gotten snaps during the preseason. We didn't have one. No, no. They were on the uh, practice squad all season. Apparently, the Vikings are going to be uh, have got interest in signing Will Parks from the Eagles, who's, again, no hell. He is no Anthony Harris, particularly the 2019 Harris, but just look at all those positions where outside of the starters and even with the starters, 
you know, somebody goes down, who's coming in to replace those guys? Uh, very scary. Yes. It certainly does. It certainly does. So uh, there's a few safeties out there, like Malik Hooker is one guy, and uh, that, uh, but probably again, he's going to be too costly. He hasn't signed with anybody yet, but he could be, he'd be a guy that would be, be a nice guy to get if you could get him. I um, heard uh, Drew likes Hooker. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna touch that one at all. <laughs> oh, because Ruby's listening and she'll uh, kill me if I make some sort of wisecrack. But um, but anyway, I, the, there's lots of whole, lots of depth issues with the Vikings that they're going to have to. Can they solve them somewhat in free agency? Right now, I'm not sure what the cap situation is for the Vikings. You know, you got to have it's... a certain amount of cap just to just to sign rookies. The cap situation is they have about, I think it's right around $3 million to play with. However, um, $3 million. Yeah. However, you can't see, and it's almost dark gray and black, but you can't see. I've got down here, there's the possibilities, and it's been confirmed um, by Doogie Wolfson that... Uh, there's Ruby. Hey, Ruby. Yeah. Um, that uh, they're working on extensions, not only for Daniil Hunter, they expect Daniil Hunter to get paid and get a pay raise. Now, that's probably going to come in the form of an, an extension. The question is when. But also Harrison Smith. Harrison Smith most likely will be the next one to get, quote, new contract extension. And that'll drop his, and in the process, they'll drop his cap from this this season. He'll get all the money he was scheduled to make. It'll all come in bonus, but it'll drop the cap and then push it out into, you know, a couple of years from now. And we all know within two years, the cap's going to skyrocket due to the TV deals. So they will do that, free up some more money they have the ability to. They're just not there yet. And then, uh, uh, like I said, Daniil Hunter is another possible. He's going to get most likely get a pay raise. Doogie said Coach Zimmer and Daniil had a great conversation. Everything's well. Daniil's coming. Uh, there's no issues uh, hate-wise, whatever. I bet, and they told him, don't worry. We got, you know, we're twirling 12 plates. You're you're on the back burner. We are going to get to you. You will get paid. So he's supposedly happy, according to Doogie Wolfson. And then there's a third possibility. Very few people have thought of, but that could happen if they need to free up space. You know what that is? Yes, I, I don't. Uh, are you the only guy that did free up space would be Cousins, right? Like that's the big one. Kirk Cousins. Since we had Kirk Cousins Day on Friday. And all his salary is guaranteed, right? $31 million this mm-hmm. year and $45 million next. Since that is the case, if they had to, they could go in and do the same thing that they did with Hunter and Thielen this year, where they take a good chunk of this year's salary, immediately convert it to bonus, so he's getting paid the same amount. For him, it doesn't matter. It just matters when the checks come in. It's either right yeah. now or is games go on or and convert it to bonus and then tack that bonus onto next year's cap of 45 million 
that is a possibility, and there's a lot of space there if they wanted to do that. That would mm. be, to me, break glass in case of an emergency move. But it is there. Right, and the it seems like that it, we'd be pushing a lot of Kirk's cap to next year. Now, the cap's going to go up substantially next year, like by about $40 million or more. Which they was expect what it saying. to 22 25 And that's still yeah. taking $10 million off to cover for COVID last year. Yeah, I... The NFL is always it's it's always a balancing act between like trying to balance your needs right now and balancing your needs next year and a couple of years down the road. Uh, you don't want to do something. Sometimes you have to, but you don't want to do something now uh, that seems short term seems like the, the best idea, but then really cuts you off at the knees in a Long year term. or two. And that would be my concern with like pushing the cap. So that you know, what if we think we think Cousins cap hit of like 42 million next year is ridiculous 45. what if it was like what yeah 45 what if it was like 55 or 60, 60. million mm-hmm. yeah like and and then they'd be in the situation again where they got to figure out how to deal with that and doing something and moving money down the road mm-hmm. and and the whole thing and then cousins the next thing you know cousins is with us for another decade um and and we have a 500 record the whole time but <laughs> i think uh forest lamp i I, I know that other people, um, Drew, who always watches our show, and thanks for that, Drew. He's been big on Forrest Lamp and a few others were. I don't Lamp didn't play very well last year, from what I understand. I don't know a lot about him, uh, but he's small for a guard, he's fast. He had uh, magnificent, wonderful numbers at the combine. Uh, we were all high on him back in I think it was 2017. He fits that athletic. Uh, profile that hits those marks on the three cone and everywhere else that the Vikings love. But we didn't draft him. And he was one of our, we figured we we might. But the Chargers did. And he hasn't played, I don't even think up to average. He may be close to average. Still better than Drew Samia and Dakota Dozier. Because just about every other guard in the league is better than Drew Samia and Dakota Dozier. But he's not great. And part of that is... Uh, Fits right in here, then. Yeah. Well, the Chargers have had a hard time doing anything well uh, with their offensive line, which is weird. Uh, they never used to be that way. And, of course, the Vikings aren't known for doing great things with their offensive line either. But who knows? Maybe he is a perfect fit, and he will be cheaper. The other guard name I'm hearing being thrown around is Blythe. Okay. Um, yeah, the, one of the, the the top guards still on the market, according to a couple of things I read, is Trey Turner, although he hasn't played very well. He's gone through a lot of teams in the past few years. Um, if you combine Dozier and Samuel, do you get a capable NFL guard, Tyler says? Uh, I, that... I think I, I, I think he, I think he, I think he knows the answer to that by asking that question. But <laughs> maybe I don't know. The, the uh, what I've been Tyler can correct me, but uh, I don't think as, as far as um, how the Vikings can fix this depth issue is 
free agency is one way if you if you can free up some cap there are some people available in certain positions and then of course the draft is the other way uh for a guard it might be difficult just looking at it. i think wyatt davis is like the top guard and he might go in the first round or late or in the second but it doesn't seem like uh, tyler can chime in but it doesn't seem like the guard class this year is all that hot to like much all to talk special. about Nah, you're probably going to go for one of the like vera tucker one of the guys that can play comes in as a tackle but can play both tackle or guard is, right yeah kind of like what what you you well cleveland wasn't supposed to be that guy but that's what they ended up doing um and and yeah it seems draft wise the vikings it's looking like very much like in the first round anyway at 14 hopefully we get a good deal where we can trade down and get a two as well but uh, it looks like offensive line or defensive end is kind of where things are trending there certainly not just in the first round but you know beyond that Mm -hmm. uh in in the third and fourth Really, those are and safety will be another th- place that we'll have to address. Uh, probably wide receiver as well. Maybe and maybe there you can get a guy like Newsom from North Carolina who also returns punts and is really good at that, and that might solve your problem. Uh, and uh, Tyler just chimed in on that and saying, "Yeah, day two is kind of where the interior is where you want to target that." And we do have a lot of. Uh, uh, do, do they? Did they go the we third round first. on day two? Yeah, yeah. we go. We got like two or three third we got, pairs. Yeah, I think we got two third rounders. Plus, there's a th- another comp- compensation third rounder that we've got. Um, but th- yeah, it's it. It concerns me looking at all these depth issues on the Vikings' offensive line. Uh, not the offensive line, but on the roster in general, and how with the limited cash we've got. It seems like it's going to be like much like it was last year. There's a lot of bargain bin shopping to fill out the the fringes, mm-hmm. and you know, and get and and the draft as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's not like you just, you don't see it. it's it's concerning when you look at all those spots on the on the team. And in 2017, it seemed like we we could point to one or two guys on the bench that you could feel somewhat good about if they had to go in for the starters. Looking at this roster right now, I don't feel good about a lot of the guys that would be set to go in if a starter got hurt. And I don't know if we – we're certainly not going to be able to solve all of that in one off season. And I'm, my concern is we're not going to be able to solve almost all of it in one in this off season, which means Vikings better be healthy in 2021 if they want to go anywhere. We saw, we saw how bad the defense was became when Kendricks was gone for those four or five mm-hmm. games we went from like a, a bad defense to like the worst one of the worst defenses we've ever seen in Minnesota Vikings history it, it was tough it was tough to watch as all of us lived through last season yeah mm-hmm. so that's uh, but yeah not the, to worry. The free it's an odd year right so we're going to go 10 and 6, get a wild card spot and lose the first round playoff game. And I was uh looking at some odd stats and for like the Which last is decent. 30 years, the Vikings make the playoff literally 50% of the time every other year ish. And uh they made uh, I think they won 8 NFC North championships in that time, but they make the playoffs half of it. Oh yeah, is, no. Hey, what, what There's only one other for? team 
that's done better, and it's because they've had two Hall of Fame quarterbacks back to back. Yeah, yeah, we won't mention that team. And then the other two teams have been the other two teams. <laughs> but, um, it is. Anyway, uh, it'll be. It was a uh, the, the Vikings uh, certainly. There's a first wave of free agency, and now we're going to be heading into the second second wave, and th- probably the Vikings will be participating in the third wave, <laughs> which won't be a very very big wave. No. <laughs> well, we'll see. I mean, there's a lot you'll, of people out there, especially receivers. There's only been a couple receivers signed, and their market seems way low, um, except for the one signed by the uh, Giants. But uh, according to Doogie, the he expects coming up that uh, uh, they're going to extend Harrison Smith. They're going to give Daniil Hunter a raise. Uh, they're going to sign at least one free agent lineman. They've been in the talks with one free agent lineman, a tackle. He doesn't know the name, but he does know that it wasn't. Uh, I'm trying to remember who he said it was not. Wasn't Schwartz? Oh, wasn't Schwartz? Schwartz, wasn't Schwartz. Um, Schwartz is possibly interested, but he's going to wait till closer to the season because he's recovering from his back surgery. Uh, he said that they're most likely Cleveland is going to be staying at guard. Uh, there's talks of moving O'Neill to left tackle if they need to. Um, and if they were to if they were to sign Schwartz, he's a right tackle. Mm-hmm. And then move in which over. in which case you move O'Neill over, which none of us here wanted to see happen. Which means the Vikings will do uh, it. I'm cool with it. Um, he did it that one day that uh, Reef was told to stay home and think whether he wants to take a pay cut or not. And he played it in college. I, I, I'm sure. Cool. I don't have the issue. He was a tight end before he was a tackle. They're ambidextrous. They play from both sides. I do not really have an issue with him moving over. Um, here we go. Tyler says that one tackle is Eric Fisher. And that makes and sense he, to he me. Blew, he blew out his Achilles, right? Right. He's recovering from an Achilles. Um, Vikings have talked to the Ravens about Orlando Brown. That trade is sort of on the back burner for everybody, the Ravens included. Uh, it's not progressing any closer. It'll probably get closer to draft before that happens. I would mm-hmm. be, like we discussed last week, I'd be all over that. Um, that trade, I'd be more than ecstatic to have two bookend tackles. Um, the Vikings inquired on Kinu Neal. He went to the Cowboys. We talked about yeah. Hendrickson, Lawson, Griffin, Harris... Uh, went to Philly, took less money to go to Philly, from what I'm hearing, heard today. He was offered more than $5 million by other teams. Whether one of those was the Vikings or not, he decided to go to Philly for his $5 million. Uh, and then pro day visits were by Spielman were Northwestern, Georgia, TCU, and as we know, North Dakota State. It's because he's looking for that Dylan Radden's kid. Radden's, and supposedly, from what I was told, he spent more time looking at Trey Lance than he did Radden's. Sir Lance a lot? Mm -hmm. We'll see. 
I saw a, a mock draft last night that had us taking Kellen Mond in the fourth round. I, uh, Phil Sims. If you ever listen to Phil Sims, he's oh, high on Phil, that. You mean Phil's Phil's son? Son. Yeah, not Matt? Phil. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, the one that does Chris. Pro, Chris, Chris Sims, Sims who does uh, Pro Football Talk. Um, he's one of he thinks Mond is uh, like the Chargers quarterback from last year. When he graded, he watched the tape of Mond. You know, Mond went great. Nothing spectacular out of his school, but he said when he was watching the tapes, Mond was throwing the balls in the right spots. He just had no receivers. You know, he thinks he could be very good at this next level in the NFL. So if they pull Mond, like, third, fourth round as a back, I'm cool with that. So am I. Drew, when... uh... When uh, they allow live music again, Greta Van Vliet's going to be the first band I go to see <laughs> when they get to Canada. If they hit Edmonton, I'm going there. Edmonton's like the closest place to Yellowknife that's anywhere big. In a, it's like a 16-hour drive. drive. <laughs> I'm about yeah. to say, it's hundreds of miles away. Uh-huh. But... Yeah. Tyler likes Mond. If if it's good enough for Tyler Fornes, it's good enough for Darren fucking Campbell. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Look at that. Look at that. Look at that scouting report on this uh-huh. guy. Uh huh. Massively inconsistent in college. Oh well, that that's why you get him in the fourth round. Uh huh. And you develop him. Or the third round and develop him. Yeah. So I don't know. That 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 was kind of. Um, we we've been rambling a bit here at the end, but that that was the th- kind of the three things uh, that I wanted to talk about, and I feel that uh, hopefully we'll have a uh, a few more things to talk about this week with some more developments with the Vikings and uh, adding a couple of more players through free agency. Hopefully, not a, a to uh, alleviate that depth mm-hmm. issue that we're talking about. And Viking Jerome's talking about the Eric Fisher injury timeline. I think uh, Achilles are a tough one to come back from. Minimum um, six months, yeah, up to a year. Like a, it's pretty hard to play left tackle if you, months. yeah, pretty hard to play like ta- left tackle if uh, you can't walk. Mm-hmm. If it was you or I or you, Jerome, it would take a year, minimum. That's yeah. I've known a couple of people that pop their Achilles, and it's not a fun injury. It no, I had a guy in my basketball team blow it as his Achilles last year. He's playing this year though, and uh, and he 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 he's not a pro athlete who he got surgery and everything, but he didn't go see a specialist or that sort of thing, right? Really? So, uh, yeah, like well, like when I mean a specialist, I mean like yeah, pro athlete specialist, like a, like a yeah. James Andrews kind of dude, right? Like there's a, like that knee injury, knee knee surgery to the stars kind of guy. Yeah. You're getting, you're getting the guy at the at the at the hospital, and I'm sure he's good, but or she's good, but still not James mm-hmm. Andrews. Like anyway, the guy's playing and he's he's back to full strength, so it it good. it does happen, uh, but it just uh yeah it it does not happen overnight by any stretch. Anyways, with that, let's wrap this up. Any last words? Well, I'm, uh, as I was saying, hopefully this week or next week or sometime before the draft, the Vikings are uh, adding, sprinkling in some guys. 
like I'm uh, to to address the depth issues in particular. Maybe Will Parks is going to be that guy, and and he gets signed. I understand that the, they uh, six seven months. Tata says Achilles. There you go. Best case, excuse me. Best case scenario. But if you know if Parks gets signed, I understand that the uh, surprise surprise like uh, our cap situation is what was kind of holding that one up. Uh, so until there's some extensions or some cap space cleared up, I'm not sure what, if the Vikings are. That's probably why they haven't done anything more than what right. they've done up to this point. Um, that it gets alleviated here in the next couple of weeks. So that and that can firm up how they're going to attack the draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and when they see what the big positions of need are uh, based on the talent that's available. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. my And uh, that's right. Uh, my last words will always be A. <laughs> Anyways, Drew, you can't get this T-shirt anymore. Uh, it's Dysfunctional Veterans Radio. And uh, they said something Facebook didn't like, and Facebook banned them. And they went out of business, which is a shame because they did a lot of very good work for Dysfunctional Veterans. Uh, not only radio and podcasts, but they had a farm and some other things that they help guys come back from war, readjust, and get back into the workforce. I wish you could. They're, they're a real good organization. With that, everybody, stay safe, stay healthy, and Skull Vikings! Skull Vikings, baby! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody.